Welcome pod. Welcome back into the Chris Mathis podcast. I am your host alongside Spencer Mathis once more for another edition of TCM pod. And you guys really enjoyed the motivational Mathis last week, episode one. And Spencer was unable to attend that one. So he's back today, back in the saddle, if you will, with me here as we talk the latest regarding a couple of uh, stories with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll also talk the NFL draft too, and where we see some upcoming uh, quarterbacks landing and their new positions. And I guess you could say new atmospheres and new teams in the NFL as we take a look, I think, at the first eight picks in the NFL draft. And then we'll also give you guys our Stanley Cup playoff predictions from round one, which just got underway earlier this week, all the way through to the Stanley Cup final and the game winner, the Stanley Cup champion as well. But first and foremost, want to talk about Devin White, Tampa Bay Buccaneers linebacker who requested a trade from the Buccaneers uh, early last week, Spence. And we talk about Devin White for being a playmaker and being one of those guys that plays with a lot of energy. Uh, he's fun to watch. He's explosive. He had one really good playoff run back in 2020 where the Buccaneers uh, were able to uh, take advantage of the Kansas City Chiefs and beat them uh, in the Super Bowl at home here in Tampa Bay. But Aside from that, especially this past season, Devin White a little inconsistent and had even had his effort questioned on occasion. And then you see uh, him come out with a few cryptic tweets a few weeks back, Spence, and uh, people questioned him about it regarding what was going on. And then he comes out and requests a trade last week, which is bananas that this guy wants out. He wants to get paid, ultimately. Levante David his cohort there, outside linebacker, came back and said, hey, I want to play with you for another year. He re-signed with the Buccaneers on a very good veteran deal. And then Devin White requests a trade. Yeah, I've got a thought experiment or a thought little process for the listeners right now. If you've ever seen the movie Open he uh, Over the Hedge with Bruce Willis as the raccoon, of course, Steve Carell as the little um, squirrel that runs fast. Think about in that movie whenever – the raccoon that's played by Bruce Willis is in, he has just gotten his entire family set up. He's gotten the little crew set up. They're inside yeah. that talking <laughs> with little kids. And then at nighttime, when he's reflecting, he gets that one commercial because he figures out that, hey, he's kind of screwed over Vern. Vern is the turtle in the movie Over the Hedge. And that's kind of the Buccaneers right now. And uh, so if you think about the, if you think of the Buccaneers as Vern from Over the Hedge, you think of, of course, Devin White as the raccoon who's played by Bruce Willis in Over the Hedge. You kind of think about how, in that commercial, whenever it comes to him, whenever he's sitting there at nighttime, he's realizing what's happening, is that he gets that commercial that says, you're a dirtbag. And that's kind of what I'm feeling right now with Devin White. And, and the fact that he has had such an up-and-down career so far for the Buccaneers. Obviously, he's going to be the exact same for some other teams. He is not a $20 million uh, man-type deal per year guy he's just not that type of player in my opinion he's not a Bobby Wagner he's not a he's not a Levante David those guys weren't even close to that so you think of Devin White as not being anywhere near that and then you see his cryptic messages on Instagram and Twitter where he's talking about how he wants to join the Philadelphia Eagles definitely not going to happen they probably don't want him a lot of teams are not going to want him and I don't know whenever we're going to do our little trade scenario thing for the Buccaneers and Devin White I'll hold off for that with that for right now but Devin White, as of right now, going into his fifth year with the Buccaneers, is not worth that type of money. Um, I think a team, of, of course, is going to pay more for him than the Buccaneers will, so we're going to see that eventually where he's going to go to another team. But either way, I think we're going to see one more year of Devin White in Tampa if he hates it or if he likes it, which so far it looks like he doesn't really want to stay. 
Well, we know how uh, players in their last year of their contract do in Tampa Bay. You think about Doug Martin, who had an incredible final year in his contract year, then came back, was terrible. So he has a big opportunity at hand, and he, he does, in my opinion, need to play this year in order to get paid. Either way, though, who knows? Maybe he sits out, but eventually the Buccaneers court franchise tag him not only the following year, but even the year after that if they chose to do so. Now, at that point, he'll be pushing, what, 26, 27 years old, I believe, uh, as you said, he's been in the NFL for going on five years now with the Buccaneers. And this is a guy that is explosive. He's 25 years old. He'll turn 26 in mid-February this year. Um, but we talk about the question mark of his effort. And last year there was some, I guess you could say, noise in the locker room regarding Devin White whenever they questioned his effort. And he was questioned by Greg Almond now of Fox Sports about his effort in the locker room too. And uh, he came out and actually – you know, came at Greg Almond on Twitter, if you recall, late last season, yep. which was interesting. And everything just wasn't going right for the Buccaneers. We know all the things that were going on with Tom Brady off the field, and it did carry into that locker room, whether you admit it or not. Uh, it did with the divorce of Giselle and, you know, Tom missing several weeks and days at training camp. But Devin White, as you said, sent some cryptic messages over social media two, three weeks ago a little bit under a week and a half ago even, uh, over the past three weeks regarding, you know, what's next for him, some shots here and there. And also, he was talking about, you know, wanting to play in the green with the Philadelphia Eagles. So then he deleted those tweets or came out and said that he was just reflecting on his four-year career so far and appreciating what all he's done so far, which is also interesting. And then earlier this week, he takes to Twitter and comments underneath the Eagles' Instagram post in which they re-signed Jalen Hurts to make him the highest-paid player in all football and said, taking care of yours, period. So Devin White trying to play these games with not only you know the fans, but also the teammates, everybody involved with him and the Buccaneers. And he's commenting left and right on social media, which I do not think is the right way to handle this, especially if you're looked at as a leader on this Buccaneers team. Yeah, and obviously, like you said, a lot of things last season with the Buccaneers was due to the locker room, of course, with Todd Bowles being a first-year head coach in Tampa. But, I mean, if, you, if you're if you not established in the NFL as a, as a as an NFL head coach like Bruce Arians was, we probably would have seen this if if Bruce Arians would have retired before the, the, the season where the Buccaneers lost to the Rams in the playoffs. We probably would have seen this two years ago with Devin White. So it's just the kind of guy he is. It's the player that he's going to continue to be, just a very inconsistent player, not worth the money. And I think the Buccaneers after this season will be completely fine moving on. But as of right now, you kind of want to keep him because he is an above average middle linebacker, of course, not worth the money whenever you have to pay him. But as of right now, they're going to keep him. And I don't think they're going to really try and hold on to him either whenever the opportunity for them to give him a franchise tag hits. I don't think that's going to be the case for Tampa Bay if he doesn't want to be there. And it looks like he already is kind of showing that he doesn't, uh, I mean, a year before we even can franchise tag him as a, as a team. Yeah, and again, he'll be going on 26 here in February, and in the following season, he'd be going on 27 years old. But if the Buccaneers were to trade this guy, were to trade this linebacker who has been a key part of the Todd Bowles system for years now, and we do talk about the splash plays. He is a splashy playmaker. Is there a, a certain trade offer that you would take right away that you feel the Buccaneers would even take? Is there one off the top of your head that you think, hey, that's a steal? Because you also have to weigh in that, he has one year left on his contract, and he is going to expect 20-plus million, 18 to 20 million the following year with whatever team he's with. Yeah, well, right now I kind of look at him the same way that they're talking about the Buda Baker trade with the Cardinals, a very well-established safety that's probably one of the best in the NFL, if not, 
I would say top three in, in terms of in terms of safeties for Buda Baker. And obviously his thing is also going along with the contract. Of course, their new head coach is an absolute stooge. And you could see that in the meeting video whenever he met Buda Baker and Buda Baker immediately wanted out. But you look at that and you're seeing Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter kind of report that, hey, either second or third round pick at best for Buda Baker, who is a top safety in the league. I don't think that the same thing can be said about Devin White at the middle linebacker position. So I think the best that the Buccaneers could get for Devin White straight up is a third round pick. At, really? But because he's going to want a new contract as soon as he signs with the team, or at least next year he's going to want a new contract. So either he's for the Buccaneers, if they're going to want to trade him away this season, which I do not think is the case unless they see a quarterback is still there maybe early on with after 10 picks have been taken up. I don't think the Buccaneers are going to trade him. But if they did, at best, he's a second round pick, uh, a late second round pick or an early third at best for Devin White. And a lot of people were think maybe, hey, but probably an early second round pick, maybe even a late first round pick. But this guy is needing a contract. He's not a well-established middle linebacker besides the Super Bowl year in which he really did carry the Buccaneers defense. But aside from that, he hasn't had a great career, at least a stable career with Tampa Bay. And he's worth either a late second or early third because Buda Baker, like I said, Top safety in the NFL, second or third round pick is all they're going to get for him. But the only successful thing I could see with the Buccaneers in terms of trading Devin White, something that would be a good thing for them, is if they want to trade up for a quarterback in this draft, which they may, which they might. I mean, they may see um, Will Levis as a guy they want to trade up and take if he's still sitting there around the 12 spot. Because what the Buccaneers are picking, I think 18 or 19 right now. Yeah, so 19. Yeah, so 19. I think the best you can move up with Devin White. It's probably to the 12 spot or 13 spot, and you probably have to put another pick in there with that first-round pick that you're already trading. So probably a first-round this year, a second-round next year, and Devin White to move up seven spots. And is it really worth it for a quarterback like Will Levis or maybe even Hendon Hooker is trending upwards to being a first-round pick, and the Buccaneers apparently like him? I think those are really the only two options for the Buccaneers in terms of trading up. And if the Buccaneers aren't trading up for a quarterback at all, I don't think Devin White leaves. Even if he doesn't want to play here, he's stuck here for another year, and we see that a lot in the NFL. Even with Lamar Jackson last year with the Ravens, he didn't want to play there next season. And he ended up having to play. And now he's in his situation. You kind of don't want the same thing with the with a position that is not as much of a need as a quarterback is. I, with Lamar, it makes sense. The the group is usually like a drama type group, a lot like receivers at this point. But with a with a middle linebacker who's had a shaky career on and off, not the type of guy that you want to have a diva in your locker room. And obviously. With the Tristan Wirfs comment that came out recently, he's obviously not the best leader for the Buccaneers. And I think that's probably one of the reasons that the Buccaneers really tried to get Levante David to stay. And lucky for them, they've got one more good year of Buccaneers defense. And after this, I think we see both of those guys walk. Yeah, and you talk about walking into another situation because they both have at least, I think Levante still has another year after this year for sure if he's open to signing elsewhere. And we talk about Devin White. It's just a matter of who decides to pay him that money that he is seeking now, I think that if the Buccaneers do cough up the money, which I don't foresee, but if they do, he would clearly re-sign with the Buccaneers. I think that he would rather stay put in a system that he's very familiar with, a system that he has been uh, doing with and been a part of since his rookie year several years ago. But I think that, you know, the Buccaneers, if they were able to get it would have to be a first-round pick for me. I know it's a long shot, but that's how bad I think the Buccaneers need Devin White this year, no matter what. So if it's not a first-round draft pick, there's no shot that I would trade away Devin White if I'm the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And granted, he is on his final year of this contract, and he does have to get paid the following year. So I foresee Devin White with the uh, red imputer here in 2023, at least one more go around. And as far as the defense is concerned, it's very important. Now, several people say that all of the guys in the locker room, they understand it's a business. It's about the money. 
Uh, they're doing something that they love to do, but they need to get paid respectively for it. So I spoke with, you know, Tom Krasnicki and Ronnie Lane, and I don't think it's a huge deal in the locker room because these guys do know that it's a business and that these guys have to get paid. So uh, on top of that, I think that they are right in that regard. However, I do think if I were his teammates, being, being me, I would be a little bit taken back, especially if I were Levante David. And, and Tom also said something about that as well. But Levante David, I would be a little bit upset with Devin White right now uh, because I came back and I took a, a little bit of a pay cut to be a Buccaneer once more and play alongside Devin White. Before we get into our preview for the upcoming NFL draft, which is less than uh, 10 days away, we're looking at a week and a day now at this point, the time that this podcast comes out. I do want to shout out our sponsor each and every time that we come on. TCM Pod is brought to you by Information On Demand. Whether you need criminal background checks, drug screenings, e-verify, academic accreditations, or other screening services, they've got you covered. Again, that's Information On Demand. They'll take care of you, and you'll be easy. You'll be able to rest easy knowing a highly trained search team will get you that information that you need in just eight hours or less. Information On Demand a great sponsorship of the podcast each and every week, each and every episode. They're fast. They are accurate. They're affordable. Pre-employment background screening services. You can give them a call today, 855-914-4636, or visit them online today at informationondemand.net. That's Information On Demand, bringing you another edition of TCM Pod. Now, we talk about the upcoming NFL draft. There's been a lot of speculation regarding these quarterbacks now that have popped in as potential not only first round quarterbacks but now top 10 picks Spence we talk about Anthony Richardson went from being a third round projected pick just a few months ago to now being considered a top five pick you also talk about Will Levis a few moments ago who snuck up on the draft boards as well Stetson Bennett has fallen off whatever draft board he was hanging on to uh, after his uh, police altercation video came out after uh, he was publicly intoxicated a few weeks back Uh, but either way when you talk about you know the quarterback situation here in this upcoming NFL draft, there are a couple of quarterbacks that stand out. Of course, Bryce Young. You also think of C.J. Stroud as well. And the other guys kind of follow Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, Hendon Hooker as well. Uh, and you also correlate the first, I think, the first eight picks because I think the first eight, based on the teams and their current quarterback situation, that little clunk of picks has the best chance to draft quarterbacks. So I'm talking about the Carolina Panthers at one Houston Texans at number three or number two, number three, the Arizona Cardinals They already have their quarterback. They think they paid them. So you can skip that spot. Indianapolis Colts still looking for their quarterback at pick number four uh, next week, Seattle Seahawks. They re-signed Geno Smith. However, I could see them picking a guy to sit behind Geno if they really, really like him because they do have a good team there in Seattle, Detroit Lions at pick number six, I think people are kind of on the fence about Jared Goff. I do think that they're a team that if the quarterback was there, they would take and let sit behind Jared Goff until Goff screwed up or until they felt the rookie was ready to go. The Raiders have uh, brought in Jimmy Garoppolo, so you can cross out the Raiders in that at pick number seven next week. And the Atlanta Falcons at pick number eight with Desmond Ritter at quarterback. I think he still has a shot to be a starting quarterback. I don't foresee the Falcons taking a quarterback here. However, you just never know what could happen. So how many quarterbacks do you think go in those first eight picks? And I'm talking Panthers, Texans, Cardinals, Colts, Seahawks, Lions, Raiders, and Falcons. Yeah, I'm going to go with a bit of a shocker. With the first, I think that, of course, the Panthers and the Texans are both teams that are going to draft a quarterback. And I kind of am looking at it as Stroud to the Panthers. And then you've got, of course, 
Bryce Young to the Texans because I, I feel like those two guys seem like uh, the like a quarterback that kind of fits the brand of the two respective teams. Of course, you could see those two football, but I think either way, those are 1A and 1B in terms of who goes first and second. And then I don't really see anybody else besides Anthony Richardson being quality enough to go in the top 10. And I obviously, of course, Anthony Richardson is not ready to be a starting quarterback. No. But some of these teams, some of these teams right now that are on the precipice of the playoffs or have been in the playoffs, may be willing to throw away next year's draft pick or or maybe even this year's draft pick plus a couple of years uh, worth of draft picks to try and move up for Anthony Richardson in the future because he's still a, a pretty young quarterback compared to the rest of these guys. He's also a lot like Josh Allen was coming out of um, Wyoming. So you kind of see the, the the similarity between these two. Of course, Josh Allen had a better college career than Anthony Richardson, but just the size alone and the speed that Richardson possesses, I think if you give him one or two years sitting back, like you kind of saw with Jordan Love, which wasn't his decision, but sitting back like Jordan Love did, I, I think that that's kind of the thing that whoever drafts Anthony Richardson is going to do. And I still think the smoke screen is that, hey, the Carolina Panthers could draft him, the Houston Texans could draft, could draft Anthony Richardson. I think it's already set in stone that that's going to be C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young going one and two. But I think the rest is kind of up for discussion in terms of someone is going to go out there and someone is going to trade up for Anthony Richardson. Will Levis is a guy that I don't see anybody coming up to trade up for. Uh, same thing again with uh, the other quarterback and Hendon Hooker. I think he's still going to fall to the second round. He kind of reminds me of Malik Willis last year with the, with the Tennessee Titans. Of course, he's a better quarterback. But just in terms of he's older He's obviously going to not go in the first round, in my opinion. Will Levis is a guy that will be in the first round. I think we're going to see four first-round quarterbacks, but the biggest jump, and I think the only one that we're going to see somebody even try to trade up for, is Anthony Richardson. Unless some, I mean, you, I could see maybe the Buccaneers if they're at 19, and uh, they, the, the relationship between Devin White and the Buccaneers is getting worse, and they see that hey, Will Levis is still there at pick 12 or 13. They may trade this year's first round pick, next year's third round pick, and Devin White to move up seven picks and get another and get a third round pick in this draft as well. So that could be something for the Buccaneers to look out for. Of course, there's a good amount of other needs for them in terms of offensive line. I mean, of course, you keep saying saying Jason or seeing Jason Light say, Hey, we have depth at the offensive line, but we've seen how that's gone has gone over the last couple of years. And they've traded Shaq Mason as well, which was a bold move for the Buccaneers who have always had problems at the offensive line, besides whenever Brady was here his first two years. But I think that the, the quarterbacks in the in the draft this year, I think we're going to see four in the first round. And uh, I think we're only going to see two in the first four and three in the first ten. All right, so there's the quarterback shakeup there according to Spencer. And I think that, yeah, the most NFL-ready quarterback to go from day one, if there is one, there might be two, I think it's C.J. Stroud. He's the guy I'd feel comfortable mm-hmm. with. I'm not saying he's going to go out there and kill it, but I think if he gets drafted by the Carolina Panthers, I would feel confident and I would feel comfortable with him being my starting quarterback week one. Uh, obviously, Bryce Young right there, too, if he can withstand getting crushed. And so many people are saying, you know, a, a big guy like Vita Vea lands on top of him. Is he going to be able to stand that? And I also think on the flip side, hey, he saw that in the SEC. He really did. However, not every NFL team has a great stacked offensive line, five stars from left to right on that offensive line, left to right on your radio dial, as the great Gene Deggerhoff would say. But – uh, when you think about the SEC and Alabama, they did have five stars left and right protecting a quarterback and Bryce Young. And going back to C.J. Stroud being the first pick and Bryce Young being the second, I kind of weighed that in in terms of, hey, the NFC South has some mean mugs on the defensive line. You look at the Saints with Cameron Jordan, a couple other players along with the Saints. You've got the Falcons. I mean, they've had, a, they've had a great defensive line for a couple of years now, especially with their number one guy, Grady Jarrett, who's now a defensive end. 
Then you look at the Buccaneers who have Vita Vea, of course, a couple of other really good defensive linemen on that on that team with Shaquille Barrett coming back from his injury next season. I don't think that they're they're a team that's going to want to get Bryce Young and put him out there. Obviously, I want Bryce Young to succeed. I think he could be a good quarterback in the NFL, but he's got to go to a team that is right for him. And I'm kind of looking at the, at the AFC a little bit more than I'm looking at the NFC South because those are some big players landing on a guy that's, what, just at 200 pounds in the NFL. It's going to be tough for him to go against the NFC South six times a year who all have mean, ferocious pass rushes. So I'm saying C.J. Stroud to the Panthers, and then I think we're going to see Bryce Young to the Texans, or maybe the Texans are a team that may even trade back one more year and try and maybe land uh, the guy in the next draft that everybody's talking about as being the guy to wait for. Yeah, and I think that could definitely happen. But you talk about Bryce Young. He officially weighed 204 pounds at the scouting combine, so he is a smaller quarterback. He looks skinnier than that to me. I'm sure a lot of that was water weight that he just chugged on the way into uh, – you know, to hop on the scale, if you will. But I think that I think the Carolina Panthers, if you look at their offensive line grade as well, via PFF, you know, take it with a grain of salt and how you view PFF. But their offensive line is not too shabby whatsoever. So yeah. whatever quarterback they draft, I feel confident that he's going to be in a good spot. And then they bring in Adam Thielen. I forget the other receiver that they also brought in, DJ Chark as well, I believe. Uh, there in the Carolina with the Carolina Panthers. So it will be interesting. They've got a good coaching staff too. It's just a matter of putting the pieces together in Carolina, and they're in a very easy NFC South division. I really do think it's up for grabs with the Saints being uh, at the forefront for now, depending on Derek Carr's health and what happens to Alvin Kamara. Uh, But on top of that, you look at the Buccaneers and what they might do. And yeah, I don't think that they trade up for a quarterback. I would be very upset if they traded up for a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson because they did, and it sounds crazy to, to really put this out there, but they did bring in Baker Mayfield. And what's the difference in Will Levis and Kyle Trask at this point? Two unproven guys. I want to find out what the Buccaneers have in Kyle Trask before I push him, you know, uh, off the ship and say, see you later, matey, you know, as the Buccaneers might do. But uh, Baker Mayfield, I think, is for sure the starter from day one. He, it's his job to lose. But I do want to see what they have with Kyle Trask heard his press conference earlier this week and he didn't sound too confident but I was speaking to Ronnie Lane and it makes sense as to why he's attempted nine NFL passes and he's going up against a guy that's thrown over 15,000 yards at Baker Mayfield at the uh, NFL level so you do take it with a grain of salt but if it's take a guy like Will Levis or not and you trade up for Will Levis skip that entirely I'm totally riding uh, maybe signing an undrafted quarterback to be QB3 yeah and I like that analysis as well because you got Baker Mayfield, of course, who's going to go in as the starter, but the Buccaneers lost Blaine Gabbard to free agency. He just signed with the Chiefs today. So if Baker Mayfield goes down, which he may be prone to do at some point this season, you're going to see Kyle Trask in there. And I think Baker Mayfield is going to be the guy that's going to win the job within training camp and in the preseason and into the NFL season. But if Baker Mayfield were to go down at any point in the season, or if he, get, or if he God forbid, got benched, hopefully he doesn't suck that bad this year. But if he were to get benched, I mean, you're going to see Kyle Trask. And I think that's kind of the best case scenario for Tampa Bay because you can ride it out until next season. And if the Buccaneers defense and offense shows enough promise, they may invest in a quarterback for the next year. I think this year is kind of a gap year in terms of, hey, the Buccaneers are looking at seven to nine wins or maybe even less than that. I think the cap for Buccaneers wins this season is probably around nine wins. So I don't think this is a year that you really invest in a quarterback, even for the future, like you just said. I think you continue to build the young roster, and you hope that Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trash pans out. But that that the earlier scenario that I offered was the only reason that I think we would ever trade Devin White would be to move up like seven picks in the draft and draft a quarterback that they may see as their future, which the Buccaneers have been prone to trade up in drafts before. 
and uh, we'll see exactly what they do with this year's number 19 pick next Thursday. Well, they did that with uh, a great offensive lineman and Tristan Wirfs, who made comments about the Buccaneers and the 2020 Super Bowl win being kind of a blessing and a curse because it uh, brought individuals out. It brought some guys together, some groups of players together, he said. However, it did individualize some, and it was coincidental that he said that just less than a week after Devin White had put out his uh, trade request from the Buccaneers. So uh, as we continue here with uh, Chatter Sports Talk right here on TCM Pod, and we wrap up the show, want to uh, get into our Stanley Cup playoffs predictions. A lot of games, of course, fresh start earlier this week. With the Stanley Cup playoffs, you're looking at the Colorado Avalanche against the Seattle Kraken, the Dallas Stars, the Minnesota Wild, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Winnipeg Jets, the Edmonton Oilers and the LA Kings, the big bad Boston Bruins and the Florida Panthers, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Islanders and the New Jersey Devils taking on the New York Rangers all in the first round of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. So there's a lot to get into, Spence. I think we'll attack it uh, in this manner. I think we'll just go ahead and get straight. You know what? We'll go to the other side of the bracket. We're going to go Avalanche and Kraken. Who do you got in this, Spence? Avalanche all day. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a shocker. Uh, I would. I want to go with the shocker, but they don't have the experience in the playoffs like the Avalanche have, especially after winning the Cup last year. I will take Colorado. The Dallas Stars take on the Minnesota Wild. Who do you got in that matchup? I like the Dallas Stars in this matchup. I'm going to take the Minnesota Wild there. And then the Vegas Golden Knights will take on the Winnipeg Jets. I'm going to go with the Vegas Golden Knights. I've always wanted the Bolts to play the Vegas Golden Knights in the Cup. Uh, I'm taking the Golden Knights. Yeah, I'm going to go Vegas as well. I can't remember the last time I saw Winnipeg make a run in the playoffs, if ever. So Vegas there, we've seen them go to the Stanley Cup once whenever they were inducted into the league. So I'm going to go Vegas here with a little bit of experience. The Edmonton Oilers take on the L.A. Kings. I feel like that's an older roster, but they somehow find a way back into the playoffs. Yeah, Oilers all day long with this one. I mean, Dreisaitl, of course, the greatest hockey player in the league right now, and Connor McDavid. I mean, I, I think the Oilers are going to run away with this one all the way up until the conference finals until they face who I think will probably be the, 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 the avalanche at that point, and that's going to be their big foe. Uh, again, back-to-back years for that. Now, obviously, flipping over to the other side, the Boston Bruins will take on the Florida Panthers, the Boston Bruins, doing insane things here in 2023. Does it stop in round one? Do the Panthers find a way to beat the Boston Bruins? Yeah, I mean, the Eastern Conference every single year within the National Hockey League seems to be the exact same four to six teams at the top. And, I mean, seven of these eight teams were making big runs in the playoffs. I think this is the exact same playoff as last season in the Eastern Conference because New Jersey was in the playoffs as well. So, this is the exact same conference, uh, the exact same teams within the conference making the playoffs. Of course, some of these matchups are a little bit different than last year, but you've got every single eight teams in the Eastern Conference returning the playoffs for back-to-back years, which is very interesting. So Boston versus the Florida Panthers. I'm going to go with the Panthers in this just because I think that this is a year where they're finally going to do something in the playoffs, maybe. We've been saying that for years. Same thing with the next team that we're going to be talking about in a minute, but I'm going to go with the Florida Panthers. I will take the Boston Bruins in this one. I don't – well, I'll save it. I'll save it as far as who wins it all. But I do have the Bruins beating the Florida Panthers. Next up, the Toronto Maple Leafs take on the Tampa Bay Lightning, a team that's been to the Stanley Cup three consecutive years, winning two of the last three Cups. Yeah, I was just speaking on the Florida Panthers maybe having a run this year. And that's the thing with Toronto is that their fans have been waiting for something to happen for a long time now. And it seems to always end at the fate or the hands of the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
And I think, like I just said, the, the Florida Panthers are going to be the team that is going to go on a run. And I don't think both of these teams can advance to the second round. So I'm going to go, I'm going to be a homer here. I'm going to pick the Lightning. And we're going to see another Florida versus Florida uh, Stanley Cup second round of the playoffs. I'm going to take the Toronto Maple Leafs in seven. I think they finally win their first playoff series since 2004, <laughs> uh, which is forever ago. And they've struggled against the Lightning come playoff time. So they do have a huge chip on their shoulder, but they also have uh, a lot of uh, doubt, if you will, from the inside because they're not sure if they can handle the Lightning. Carolina Hurricanes will take on the New York Islanders. I'm going to go with the Hurricanes in this matchup. Yeah, I'm going with the Hurricanes as well in this one. And then rounding out first round, New Jersey Devils take on the New York Rangers. I like the Devils in this. The Devils are a younger team than the Rangers. I'm going to go New Jersey. You know what? I lied in regards to uh, predicting our champion in this episode. We're going to have to save it till after this round. We got our first round predictions. I'm going to go with the New York Rangers in this one. So we're going to save our next round predictions based on how this first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs shake out. But again, as always, huge thank you guys for uh, to tuning in to the Chris Mathis podcast. Also, Spencer right here as well. Go leave a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, easy. It's very, very easy. You just click five stars, leave a review. It helps us out. We see you guys. Caleb McCoy, guy that does it often. We appreciate him. And uh, so many of you guys tune in from all over. So thank you guys very much. Huge thank you to Information On Demand, 855-914-4636. Quite frankly, this is the best podcast that I've ever listened to, quite frankly. <laughs>